for people who are going through the process of divorce or having marital problems and thinking about it. And you see how often someone says, I can't leave because of finances. We can't afford to live separately. And that's heartbreaking to me to think that you have to stay or you feel you have to stay in a loveless or abusive marriage because of finances. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, we are talking about money, honey. That's right. As Tom Cruise would say and Jerry Maguire, show me the money. And if you can't find the money, then today's guest will find it for you. If you are going through a divorce and or you suspect that your spouse has been hiding some moolah, rut row, our guests will help you find the money, win the money, and help you take control of your finances. Our guest today is Tracy Conan, a forensic accountant and creator of Divorce Money Guide. Tracy has been investigating fraud for more than 25 years but she didn't always want to be a forensic accountant. With the dream of one day being a prison warden, Tracy went to Marquette University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin to get a criminology degree. A class on financial crime investigations reminded her how much she loved Encyclopedia Brown books as a kid. She continued her criminology degree, but added accounting and economics courses so she could sit for the CPA exam. And here Tracy is, finding money in cases of corporate fraud, high net worth divorce, and other financial shenanigans. What a fascinating story and what a fascinating woman. Please welcome Tracy to the show. Enjoy. Tracy Conan, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. I am super duper excited to have you here, and I can't wait to find out about all the cool things that you do. So tell everyone here a little bit about what you do, and my favorite question of them all, why you do what you do. Well, I do have a pretty cool job. I'm a forensic accountant, so I find money. I do fraud investigations, right? So I'm working with numbers all day, every day. And some of what I do is on the corporate side where we're talking about executives stealing money or companies fighting over contracts gone bad and who lost money. And then I get to go to court and testify as an expert witness. And I also do divorce work. And Uh so what I'm doing is trying to figure out if a spouse hid money or spent money inappropriately in a way that we need to know how much is gone. And so it's all about finding the money. And I got into it. um, I've 
I was a criminology major in college mm. and I always had a fascination with prisons and mm. I watched a lot of documentaries and I was interested in the societies and does prison help anyone? You know, do they get rehabilitated? Is there an opportunity there? Things like that. But I wanted to be a prison warden someday. That was my career goal. But when I was a sophomore, I took a class called financial crime investigation. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me interested in the number side. And then I took some accounting courses and I did well in them. And it was like forensic accounting from there on out. Wow. It's a, what weird a fascinating story. story. It's oh a weird story. Do you look back at it sometimes and be like, what in the world? And I'm so, I'm sure you're so grateful that it actually, you took those steps that you wanted to. You know, I really thought that as a prison warden, I would have been doing something really positive and I could have done some really good things within the walls of a prison. And that really excited me. And I know that's completely weird because I don't think anyone ever says, you know, my career goal is to be a prison warden, right? (laughs) Um, But yes, I am glad how it worked out because I, I do really love what I do. You know, there's a lot of detail work in what I do, right? I'm digging through numbers, thousands and thousands of transactions, looking for that smoking gun or looking for that needle in a haystack. Yeah. Um, and to a lot of people, that's like mind numbing to me. I love it. And I love finding that one piece that just unravels it all for me. So, well, and you know, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but metaphorically speaking, I'm sure going back to the divorce category there that a lot of people do feel that they're in prison because of the finances. Some people don't end up getting a divorce because of the financial debt or because of how is this all going to work? And, and it's so stressful. Usually the money piece is such a big part of it. It's so huge. You know, if you look at, let's say, um, some Facebook groups for people who are going through the process of divorce or having marital problems and thinking about it, And you see how often someone says, I can't leave because of finances. We can't afford to live separately. And that's heartbreaking to me to think that you have to stay or you feel you have to stay in a loveless or abusive marriage because of finances. So it is really tough. And, you know, probably about, oh gosh, it was about 20 some years ago. I had someone, uh, an alleged friend laugh at me and tell me how her career was better than mine because I would never make anyone feel good about themselves by doing some accounting for them. And she's so wrong. She was so wrong about that. (laughs) Yeah. People who have been defrauded, people who have uncertainty, people who feel like they don't know enough about their finances or they need help sorting it out. I actually make them feel real darn good by the time I'm done because I help them understand and bring clarity and and find the money if it's been stolen or or right. hidden, right? Yep. Well, a lot of the women that reach out to me that are going through divorce, uh, that again is one of their greatest fears because they don't, if they're they've been a stay-at-home mom and they haven't been working, or either it's like the husband takes care of well, I'd say checkbook, but does anybody carry checkbooks anymore? Anyways, they, they're the ones that handle all the money, all the finances. And a lot of them don't even know what accounts could be out there. So that's where you come in and you you find that stuff. Right. What do they have? Where do they have it? You know, I, um, I coach women, um, about approaching this money issue with their husbands Um, in a non-confrontational way. So one of the techniques that I often talk about is saying to your husband, 
you know, I'm really concerned. If something happened to you, what if you died suddenly? What if you were in a car accident and you ended up in a coma? I don't know how the bills would be paid. I don't know if we have enough money to pay the mortgage. And sometimes they come back and say, oh no, it's all on auto pay. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I still need to know. I need to know what accounts we have, what money is in them, how to log into them. Could I pay a bill? Could I withdraw money? Um, It's so, so important. And one of the things that I found is that there's a lot of shame around this issue. So if you're, you've been a stay at home and you haven't been involved with the money and you, it just kind of been on autopilot and it's been that way for years and it worked for you. It it happens. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to be ashamed of that because so many marriages are like that. One spouse handles the money. It's just how it is. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Mm -hmm. Right. Division of duties. Yep. Yeah. And I think you just kind of fall into that. Like, okay, I'll do the dishes and you do that. And you do like, okay. And then 15 years goes by like, holy moly, I don't know anything about the finances. Like in some ways, I think for women, it's, it's like, all right, cool. I don't have that responsibility. Yeah. Take that. Thank you. Yeah. But then as you, you know, especially as the kids are starting to leave the nest and then it's just the two of you. And then you start to think about that second half of life. And like you said, if, if something were to happen to your spouse, then you're left like, I don't even know how to log into the bank account. I don't even know if there's extra investment accounts out there. Or where are all the accounts? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there is a way to find all that out then. Well, absolutely. Um, (laughs) So if you were in a position where you needed to know what was going on with the money in your marriage, that one of the first things that I recommend is that you run a credit report on yourself. What Mm -hmm. that credit report is going to tell you is any debts that are associated with your name. So that's not going to tell you where your investments are or where your bank accounts are, but it will tell you if there are credit cards in your name, loans, Mm. loans on your home. You know, I've been involved in divorces where, you know, one spouse who hasn't been watching the money says, Mm -hmm. you know, we've owned this house for 15, 20 years. We certainly have a lot of equity in it. You get to divorce time and they see that their spouse has mortgaged it up and there is no equity. We, we owe just as much as it's worth. And now there's nothing to split in the house. There's no value there because it's all been, it's all underwater. So, um, so I talk about Mm -hmm. finding out about your debts that way by running that credit report. Now, when it comes to, if you want to know where your bank accounts are, where your investment accounts are, the first place that I tell people to start is with the tax returns. Mm. Because on your tax returns, if those kinds of accounts had any sort of interest that was paid, dividends that were paid, things like that, you will find them on the Ah. tax return. Mm -hmm. Genius. It is genius, but it sounds intimidating, right? Because people are like, well, heck, first of all, I don't have a copy of my tax return. Second of all, if I did, I don't know how to understand it. So Mm -hmm. in the divorce money guide, I walk you through how to get your tax returns directly from the IRS. Super easy process. And then I walk you through, what do you look for? What's the easiest stuff you can look for on the tax returns? Exactly what page would you find it on? What line? Mm -hmm. And what does it mean? Do you need to ask more questions? Do you need to get more information? Right. Do you need to start digging because something doesn't look right? You know, oh, there's so much that can be found. I could talk for hours. (laughs) I can tell that you get excited about it too. I love it. But you know what? It takes somebody like you to be able to go, okay, yeah, let's tackle this thing. And to feel like, I mean, I know having been through divorce myself twice, it it would be nice to, you know, to have somebody like you on your side going, okay, let's do this, do this, do this. Very tactical advice. And, and that you're right there during the entire time. 
you just, yeah. you just basically spoke about why and how the divorce money guide was created mm-hmm. because I said, okay, not everyone can afford a forensic accountant in their divorce, uh, but they still need some help. Is there a way that I could walk people through? Here's what you do. So I, okay, I'm, I, yes, I can do that. 10 steps. So I made a 10 step process, which right. by the way, you don't even have to do all the steps if you don't want to. You don't necessarily have to do them in order. Of course, you got to get the tax return before you can look at it. But right. But right. other than that, like you can just jump around and it's me handholding little by little to walk you through what are some easy things that a non-accountant, even a person who's not good with numbers, what could they look for and what could they mm-hmm. find mm-hmm. Um, to help sort out the money situation? Well, and you're really setting them up for success for their future. I sure like to think yeah. so. I mean, yeah. if you are, you know, it, and that success that I want to set you up mm-hmm. for is in a couple ways. First of all, I want you to understand where you've been with the money, mm-hmm. right? I want you to understand how much have you as a household been spending on your groceries and your electric mm-hmm. bill. So you can, you know, be prepared for what you might spend going forward. So I want that. Mm-hmm. I want you to know where your money is and what it has been spent on and whether something has gone sideways that you might need to stand in mm-hmm. front of a judge and say, judge, I need that money back. You right. know, he took money out of our retirement account and wasted it at a casino. Right. I want my half of that back. Right. Yeah. But you can't ask for that if you don't know that it happened. Yep. And then giving mm. people confidence that they can understand it and go forward with their finances on their own. So that's sort of where, where we are with that. I'm trying to get people uh, with some confidence and some knowledge. Confidence. Yeah. Which helps them. I, I think in going through divorce, whether it's going to be a, a happy divorce or a complicated divorce, having that courage is huge. And just to feel like you said, just that confidence and just to feel like, okay, I can do this. And I have all, all of this to be able to support me to get through it. Well, and guess what? You might go through these steps and, and be someone who still says, gosh, this is still overwhelming. And I'm not really sure that I understand these numbers and I don't feel confident that I've done this right. But Mm -hmm. at that point, you could have the confidence and the courage to ask a professional, ask a CPA, or Mm -hmm. ask a friend who you trust, who is good with numbers, right? Even if you still can't do it all yourself, you will know enough to now know, I need some help. Yeah, And here's who you can ask. I was just thinking too, I was thinking um, the divorce attorneys either love you or hate you. <laughs> you know, they've, they have given me such great yeah. feedback. Oh, good. They have good. been overall just so excited about this guide because, yeah. you know, you get in a divorce where someone says, um, I think my husband is hiding money. And mm-hmm. the attorney says, well, we would need proof of that. We right. can certainly bring that up in court, but we would need proof of that. And, you know, if if the deal is, well, the only way to get proof is to hire a forensic accountant and you don't have 10 or $15,000 to do that. Mm-hmm. The attorneys are kind of stuck. Yep. And so to have an option there for mm-hmm. the client to be able to kind of dig in themselves, yes. um, they've, they've received it very well. Yeah. I was going to say, or maybe the other attorney is, uh, the, on the other side. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably like, oh, like, right. They, they must've read that book. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, so the book, what what is the name of the book, the book again? It's not a book. It's actually an online handbook. So what that means is, yeah, it's videos. It is written materials in PDF form and there's worksheets and checklists. Yeah. It's sort of like this, you know, no matter how you like to learn, 
we can do it. If you want to watch videos, watch them. If you want to read, read. If you want to do both, because that's what I would do, because I'm weird, you can do do both. And then, you know, fill out the worksheets that kind of walk you through the stuff. Hmm. It's called the Divorce Money Guide. Okay. You can find it at divorcemoneyguide.com. And yeah. And so, you know, it's a, it's a product, uh, you know, that you have lifetime access to. You can watch the videos at your leisure. Again, like I said, you don't even have to go through all of it. Pick what you want to, what you're worried about. Yeah. And so now are you able to work with anyone like worldwide, nationwide? Oh, you can. Yeah. I can work with anyone anywhere. And and I do. So most of my clients are in Chicago, but I do cases Mm -hmm. around the country. Um, I don't do much on the international side just because it's different, right? Divorce is Mm -hmm. different overseas. And, and so I, and I have plenty of work in the U S so stick with what I know. Yeah. Now can someone after the divorce is final, can you go back? Or is like, once that's it, it's it. You can go back, but it's really, really hard, especially if you have settled. Mm -hmm. If, if there was a trial and a judge made a decision, it's sometimes a little bit easier to open it up because open it back up because you can say that the judge might've made a mistake or something like that. But if you Mm -hmm. made a voluntary settlement, you got to the point of the divorce where you and your spouse said, okay, here's, here's how we're splitting things. And you signed off. A lot of judges feel like, you signed off, you had a responsibility to Mm -hmm. get all the information before you signed off. So it's hard. Um, Mm -hmm. But the cases that I have seen reopened are ones where there has been proof that the spouse Mm -hmm. has been hiding something, you know, committing fraud during the process to make sure that you didn't know that this house existed or something like that. Right. Right. And that there was no way for you to find that out because of the way they were hiding it. Those cases mm-hmm. I have seen successfully reopened, but that's, that's why I tell people, be yeah. careful if you're, you yeah. know, just, just mm-hmm. be careful before you sign off. Yeah. And I think it's so important, uh, I think in general in life, but especially going through divorce is to be proactive is to do all these things, even if it's, you know, behind the scenes, if you will, without the spouse knowing, I guess, because if they probably, well, I don't know. I mean, wh- at what point do you go ahead and go, Hey. I'm checking in all this stuff. Does right. that so, cause an issue or? Yeah. So it can cause yeah. conflict. Right. So yeah. let's say you're married and mm-hmm. you have concerns about the money and you mm-hmm. don't know if you're going to get divorced either by your spouse's choice or by your choice. And you just want to quietly look. I totally encourage that. I encourage yeah. only looking at the stuff that you can legally access. So if your name is mm-hmm. not on an account, don't try to sign into it. I tell yeah. people, don't be hacking into phones. Don't be putting trackers on cars. <laughs> don't, don't go get your spouse's credit report because you're not supposed to get someone else's without their permission. So stick right. to your own credit report. Mm-hmm. Stick to the accounts that your name is on, but start gathering bank statements. Start, start downloading them. If you have online access, put them somewhere safe. If you yes. don't have online access, if your name is on the account, you can go to the bank and say, I need all my statements. It might yep. cost you a little bit of money, mm-hmm. um, but but it's totally worth it. So yeah, collect information quietly. I'm all for that. Yeah. And you know what though? I mean, I think about it. Uh, I think women, especially that might feel like, oh my gosh, I'm being sneaky or I'm being dishonest. Like, no, you're protecting yourself. And again, you're setting yourself up for a good future. So like, you'd hate to, you'd hate to end up with any surprises later on and go, oh my gosh, like I had no idea that he had this house over in, you know, <laughs> 
in France right. or something. I don't or, know. Or let's say, let's say your spouse does have a gambling problem that you don't know about and they're pulling money out of the retirement account to, mm-hmm. to gamble away. The sooner you find that out, you can put yeah. a stop to it. Yeah. Right. You probably aren't going to recover the money that they already gambled away, but you can at least put a stop to it now. How long does it normally take on average to kind of do all of this research and if you okay, will? So if you were to go all the way through the divorce money guide and go through all the materials, I like to mm-hmm. say in five hours or less, I can teach you everything you need to know mm-hmm. about figuring out where your money went and what you have. Now, mm-hmm. the process of actually doing it and going through your statements, it, it completely depends on Do you have a lot of accounts? Do you have a lot of transactions? So that's Mm -hmm. really different for everyone. I've seen people, you know, get get through their stuff in a couple of hours because they have a pretty uncomplicated situation. And I've seen others spend a lot more than that, you know, 10 or 20 hours because they had so much going on and wanted to understand it all. So Mm -hmm. I kind of focus on how I can teach it to you in five hours or less. What you want to do with that information is kind of up to you in your situation. Yeah, I would think it's kind of different for every single person. What about for, for spouses that have, or if there's a business involved? It gets complicated, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So one of the steps, we actually talk a little bit about businesses. And I, I could make a whole money guide about the businesses and the yeah. issues there. So what I recommend with the businesses is to you know make sure you understand the value of that business. So people mm-hmm. whose spouses own businesses are probably familiar with business valuation. Mm -hmm. where someone kind of like me would come in and take a look at the books and what's going on with the business and say, okay, here's the dollar value. If you were going to go sell this business today, here's what you could sell it for. So that's super important. Uh, But the piece Mm -hmm. that I work on when a business is involved often involves things like he's running a bunch of personal expenses through the business. Yes. He's not taking a paycheck or even more fun. And that was sarcastic because it's not fun. When a divorce is filed and suddenly the person yeah. in charge of the business says, oh gosh, we're not making any money anymore. We're, we're destitute. We've mm-hmm. got nothing. The business is failing. All the customers have gone. So I look into those situations and look mm-hmm. for the proof that, hey, the business is going just as great as it always was. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I would think, uh, yeah, there's probably lots of ways where they do try to, they, whoever, spouses try to kind of sneak around that stuff and create it in another corporation or whatever the case is. But if that business is still making money, then they should. And and I would think too, like if they ended up selling the business later, even after the divorce. You know, what typically happens is they want some sort of clean break on that business. Usually I do see divorces where a spouse might continue to own half of it after the Mm. divorce, but that can create all sorts of problems. So I think in most cases, they do try to make a clean break where someone is buying the other one out of the business or paying them, you know, a monthly amount for a period mm-hmm. of time to be done with that. So, so clients can, can get the guide and then they can also hire you as well for, or do you, or is that with that? So yes, yes, they could hire me. It mm-hmm. was not the purpose of making the guide, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't create it to get more consulting clients because I have yeah. plenty of those. I really mm-hmm. created it for someone who probably isn't in a position to be able to hire me, but okay. came out with the guide. Mm-hmm. Everyone's happy and loving it. And then people started saying, well, how do we get access to you? Right. Okay. Is there a way? So yeah. what I did was I came out with a group coaching option. So it's a nice. little add on to the guide where you do eight weeks 
We have once a week, we get together in a private Facebook group uh, on video. And so I go through a topic from the guide and show you the how, because that's what people mm. were missing is how do I do these things? I know the guide kind of shows me how, but I want to watch you do it. I want, I want to be able to ask you questions as we're going through it. So I, right. I do a topic and then I open up the floor for ask me anything. So whatever you want to ask me about your divorce and your money or someone else's divorce and money, I suppose, <laughs> yeah. I'll answer it. I'm sure this probably brings up a lot of emotions for people as they go through it. It does. And, you know, I think yeah. the support aspect of those group sessions is really important for people to just not feel so isolated and alone. You know, the, like I said in the beginning, there's shame surrounding a lot of these money issues, but I think coming together actually helps take away some of that because you're seeing there are other people who are in the same shoes as me. Yeah, exactly. No, that's so genius that you did that. That's great. So how often do you do the group coaching? Once a week. And it's oh, a, okay. and, and if you purchase that option, you get to do eight weeks of coaching with us. Um, okay. yep. So eight weeks in a row. And then if you want to continue it after that, there's a subscription option to kind of stay on, on a monthly basis to keep coming. I, I feel like if you came for the eight weeks, you probably wouldn't need it after that. Yeah. But, yeah. But, and then how often do you do the program? Is so it just the pro it's a self-study. So it's oh, okay. Yep. It's online. It's always available. So, and then the coaching can... program too, that's just all it the just, time. It's just continuous. Yes. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, you are busy. I am busy, but I love it. I love yeah. it. It's really gratifying to be able to help people who otherwise didn't have an option for help. Like when I came up with this brainstorm, I was like, okay, how can we get some forensic accounting help to people? And why isn't there an option out there? I guess because mm -hmm. it's too hard. Like, how would you teach someone to do what I do? And I'm right. like, no, it's not that hard. I can teach people like something simple to look for. Yes. Like one of the things that's super easy that anyone can do is mm -hmm. figure out, okay, let's say you're a stay-at-home mom, your husband works. Mm -hmm. Find out how many paychecks he gets every year. Most mm -hmm. people get either 24 or 26 paychecks. Mm -hmm. They either get two a month, which is 24, or they get paid every other week, which would be 26. Mm -hmm. Take your bank statements for a year and count up how many deposits from payroll are there um, and are any missing and are any a lower amount than they're supposed to be. Now, of course, if you have a spouse who, who has a variable pay because they get commissions or bonuses mm -hmm. or things like that, it's not going to be quite as straightforward. But for many, many, many of us, it's a very predictable amount. Every, you know, every paycheck, yeah. count them up. If you only count up 21 paychecks deposited for mm -hmm. the year, Houston, we have a problem. You're so smart. Anyone can do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like it's, some of it is so simple, but thing I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought of that. Right. Gosh. Well, where can we find you? Divorcemoneyguide.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at divorcemoneyguide. Nice. My main website is fraudcoach.com because mm -hmm. I am your fraud coach. <laughs> Well, I hope a lot of people contact you and get that guide because that's, I needed that. I needed that a few years ago. And even I though I too. had a, a, I had a very good divorce. I do think there is such a thing. I had a good divorce, but just to have that extra little, you know, just to have that knowledge just in case and the yep. support. Yeah. I totally would have taken your course. Yeah. So watch me on yeah. Instagram. I've got all my little divorce tips that I do here and there. And I do the divorce dance sometimes. Yep. So it's so true. Does it go like this? Yeah. <laughs> it depends. 
It depends what we're dancing about. Usually it's because we found some money or something like that. I love it. Thank you so much, Tracy. Thanks for having me. It was fun. And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, do not be ashamed if you're not knowledgeable about your finances. Start learning about them now. Number two, collect as much information as possible. Be proactive. Number three, if you need to find out where the money is in your marriage, run a credit check on yourself to locate debts in your name. Number four, if you want to find out about any investments, then request copies of tax returns. Number five, if you need help getting started, then make sure you check out Tracy's Divorce Money Guide at divorcemoneyguide.com. Links are also in the show notes. Number six, if you need some extra support, then you can also join Tracy's group coaching program, which is also available on her website. Check out Tracy on Instagram too. She has tons of great videos with helpful tips. Tracy, thank you so much for being on the show. I love that you're bringing light to what can be such a tough topic for people. You're helping them to gain clarity and become more empowered in their lives. Thank you so much for all that you do. Okay, midlifers, get out there and be bold, be free, be you. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.